Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. It's spooky season, I got spooky guests, the all-stars are back, Sebastian Moreno, Shannon Klingman, Christopher Lambert, not that one, not the Highlander one. (laughs) That's why I always just say Chris, because I say Christopher Lambert and it's... There can be only one. Raiden. Uh, It's horror movie trivia time, and I know I told you guys originally... There's no prize for this. I've changed my mind. There's going to be a prize, and once I know who won, uh, I will have that person back on soon to present them with their prize. Here's what's gonna go down. I have 50 questions. I bought this. I bought this horror movie trivia card game thing, and I found that most of the questions were way too easy for bosses like us. So uh, I whittled them down. I added some of my own. I have a tiebreaker question, should that arise. 50 questions, everybody's got a buzzer. You may attempt to answer before I finish reading the question, but if you then get it wrong, you will lose a point from your point total. So it pays to hear the whole question just in case. And let's, for everyone at home, let's hear Chris's buzzer. Okay, <laughs> I fear that that's a little slow on the up. On might be might cost you. Let's hear Shannon's. Perfect, Sebastian. Yes, the one man band. All right. Call me Vic, Dick Van Dyke. Let's get Shapoopy. No, that's the Music Man. <laughs> that's the wrong musical. Anyway, let's get into it. Question number one. A group of scientists band together to save the world from a horde of fruit in what 1988 movie? Chris? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Correct. Let's mark that point down. Question two. What 2016 M. Night Shyamalan film is about a kidnapper with 23 different personality who's about to unleash the 24th? Oh, Sebastian? Splits. Yes, correct. See, these are pretty easy so far. Uh, what actor plays the character Jim Haley in the 1986 road movie The Hitcher? Sebastian? Rudger Hauer. Incorrect. Oh, oh, oops. Mixed the two up. It's been a while since I've seen the... Going once, going twice. C. C. Thomas Howell. Ah, too late. You already had a guess. (laughs) C. Thomas Howell is the correct answer, but you missed it first, so... Question, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, this film, written by Quentin Tarantino about a gang of vampires in a bar, was also made into a TV series. Christopher. From Dust Till Dawn. Correct. Who do... What? I'm sorry. <clears throat> what do the gang of killers wear for disguises in the 2011 movie You're Next? <clears throat> Sebastian. Uh, wolf, sheep, basically all around barn animals. Just animal masks would have done it, yeah. Shannon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> better step it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about you, Chris, because the time it takes for that thing to start, I feel like you're like two seconds behind everybody else. I don't know. He got me on the one <laughs> question because I rang in too, but he got there first. <clears throat> okay. Tony Todd is known for playing what character in this horror trilogy? Shannon. Oh, it's Candyman. Right. The Candyman in The Candyman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What 2008 movie starring Bradley Cooper featured a killer known as Mahogany who mutilated victims in a subway train car? Sebastian. The Midnight Meat Train. Correct. I mean, why did I even include this one? What was Leatherface's weapon of choice? 
Oh, I think that was Chris. Chainsaw. Correct. Uh, what is the cursed object in the 2009 movie Drag Me to Hell? Shannon. I didn't ring in. Oh, I thought I heard. I guess that was Chris. Sorry. <laughs> They're too similar. It's a. Oh, crap. Hold on. No, there's no hold on. <laughs> you better hurry up. It's a ring. No, it is a button. Oh, it's a button. Sorry. <clears throat> Don't apologize. It's not my points. <laughs> This 1963 film features killer carnivorous plants and an unusual meteor shower that blinds most of the population. Chris? Night of the Comet. No, Day of the Triffids. Oh. Triffids? Oh. Triffids, I believe yeah, it's called. No plants in Night of the Comets. Night, Night of the Comets. I mixed them. Yep. You heard Comet and got Meteor and got all crazy. Stuntman Kane Hodder is best known for his betrayal of what character? Uh, I think that was Chris. Not Jason by much. Boring. Correct. It's all good. There's lots of questions left. <laughs> what 1988 film directed by Wes Craven centers around an anthropologist sent to Haiti? Sebastian? Uh, the Serpent and the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Didn't, Sorry, have, to, no, didn't have to finish that one. <laughs> In 2007, Rob Zombie directed what remake about a young Michael Myers? Sebastian? Halloween. Yes. Let's pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> yes, I agree. After dying in the electric chair and making a deal with the devil, Horace Pinker continues his murderous... Sebastian? Shocker. <laughs> Correct. I love Shocker. It's very underrated. It's goofy, but it's fun. It no, yeah, I'm... Shoot. I've been asking more questions. Yeah, I wasn't even supposed to ask that Leatherface one. It's going to wind up being more than 50 questions because I fucked up. <laughs> it's fine. It's going fast. What 1990 movie involving a series of short horror films features performances by Steve Buscemi, Julianne Moore, and Christian Slater? Sebastian? Dale's from the dark side of the movie. That's right. What mythical creature did Hadley hope to see as a killer in Cabin in the Woods? Shannon? Merman. Uh -huh. <laughs> I admit I haven't seen that one yet. What? Get on it, sir. Oh, man. That's a great movie. Yes. I know, I know, I know. I just like, <laughs> keep missing my chance. It's got to be streaming somewhere. I just bought the 4K of that. I'm very pleased. Oh. What is the name of the biological weapon used to kill the people throughout through their water supply in the movie The Crazies? Yeah, that's a hard one. It's a hard one. I don't know. Nobody going once? No, I've only seen it once. It was called Trixie. Trixie. Who narrated the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre along with the 2003 Sebastian? John Larroquette. Yes, oddly enough, John Larroquette. He also did the uh, recent movie, too. Yeah, that was the rest of the question, the prequel and the remake. Well, here's the other thing I found with this card, because they came out a couple years ago. A couple of these cards are out of date. A couple of the questions, mm -hmm. like there's... Yeah, he also did he did the narration on the new one, I believe, as well. There was something yeah. about which... Um, which franchise has more films, and that is incorrect now because mm -hmm. that franchise has added a couple more since these cards came out. So I had to do some work. Uh, why does Lance Henderson's character summon the demon Pumpkinhead? <clears throat> Sebastian. His child died in an accident. Yeah, revenge for his child's death. Close, close enough. Yeah. We get the gist. Who played the main character in the 1957 film I Was a Teenage Werewolf? Chris. Michael Landon. Michael Landon. 
Thank you, Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Mom and Dad, I, for knowing Michael Landon stuff. <laughs> Little House on the Prairie made me very aware of Michael Landon. Oh yeah, his and son Highway is, to Heaven. His son, does the, his son does the Happy Death Day movies. Mm -hmm. Christopher Landon. Yeah. What type of animal terrorizes Jennifer Connelly in Dario Gento's Phenomena? Sebastian. Chimpanzee. Yes, with a straight razor. <laughs> I never forget that freaking ending, and I love it. In the 1979 film Tourist Trap, a group of friends are trapped in what establishment? Wax Museum. The Wax Museum. So, yeah. This just says museum. So I don't, I, I'm going to give it to you. Hopefully that's correct. <laughs> no one's in their car yelling right now. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of Buffalo Bill's dog in The Silence of the Lambs? Nobody. It is Precious. Precious. Ah, oh, dang it. Who are the only two actors who have faced off against an alien, a Terminator, and a Predator? Chris? Bill Paxton? Mm-hmm. Lance, Lance Hendrickson? Correct. Is your buzzer working, Shannon? <laughs> What's going on here? You're talking a mad game on the chat, but... This 2001 film involves a religious fanatical father taking his two sons on a divine mission to kill demons. Sebastian. Frailty. Correct. Damn. That's like one of my favorite movies. Yeah, that's a good one. Ooh, Kate Bosworth and Thomas Jane star in this 2016 supernatural film in which their son's nightmares become reality. Sebastian. Before I wait. Yes. Always bet on Mike Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Yep. What item is the killer famous for wearing in the 1976 film Alice Sweet Alice? Ah, oh, dang, I need to see this one too. Chris? It's a, like a baby doll mask or cupid doll mask. Mm-hmm, what about the clothing? Uh, rain slicker. Yes. What 1970s pop music icon starred as Nikki in David Cronenberg's Videodrome? <clears throat> Sebastian? Uh, is, who's the, uh, who's the singer of Blondie again? Uh, Debbie... Yeah, I would, I would accept Blondie. It's Debbie Harry, but I would accept Blondie. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. What actress played the heroine... Heroine? Heroine? Helen Lyle in the 1992 film Candyman. Sebastian. Virginia Madsen. Correct. Well, I was not counting on you. I mean, I knew you'd do good at this, but I didn't know you'd be quite the ringer that you are turning out to be. I should have known. Uh, Wes Craven directed what 1991 film about two adults and a juvenile who break into a brother and sister's house? Sebastian. The people under the stairs. Yep. What 2005 movie directed by John Gulager? Gulager? Mm. Was the first horror film winner for Project Greenlight? Sebastian. Feast is correct. Watched that weeks ago, my friend. Man, now, okay, now I'm thinking even these ones are too easy. <laughs> I remember watching that season of Project Greenlight. What 1981 sequel is the feature film directorial debut of James Cameron? Sebastian. Piranha 2 The Spawning. <laughs> correct. He even had the subtitle. Oh, God. You guys, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a runaway train at this point. You guys better step it up. What 1982 film directed by Wes Craven centers around a scientist who's transformed into a plant-based monstrous creature, Sebastian? Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. What is the movie poster tagline for the 1985 movie House? Oh. 
Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, okay. Ding dong, you're dead. <laughs> it is ding dong, you're dead. Holy shit. <laughs> I haven't looked oh. at the tagline in years, but I thought it was obvious. Well, the picture, yeah, the picture kind of gives it away. <clears throat> in the 2006 film Silent Hill, what sound signals the transformation of the town into a nightmarish dimension? Christopher. Air raid siren. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. The buzzers might be a problem here. Because <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Just saying buzz is a lot faster than buzzing. I can just start going, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Who was born at 6 a.m. on the sixth day of the sixth month? Sebastian. Damien Thorne. Damien Thorne. What does the green liquid contain in the 1987 film Prince of Darkness? Nobody. Uh, it is the essence well, I, of I Satan. Assume. The essence of Satan. Oh, I love this question. Psycho was the first American film to show what? Mm. Sebastian. Flushing toilet. Correct. Well, a toilet at all, yes. Can you believe that? No toilets were shown in American films prior to Psycho. Wild. That, that's crazy. What was the name of the cat in Pet Cemetery? Chris. Church. Correct. What holiday theme movie contained five interwoven stories that occur on the same block on the same night? Say that again. What holiday themed movie contained five interwoven stories that occur on the same block on the same night? <sighs> Chris, did I see you? I think Chris buzzed before you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's just. Okay. I think. Here's what I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna call an audible here. I think the buzzers are a problem. <laughs> I think they're slowing everything down. I think, not for nothing. With all due respect, I think they're giving Sebastian, perhaps an advantage. Which I mean, he has an advantage by being just a font of useless knowledge, but. So let's get rid of the buzzers. Just say buzz as he is. All right, all right. Okay, everybody? <laughs> we'll try to even this up a little bit. Michael Myers' mask is supposedly based on what famous Buzzed. actor? Shannon. William Shatner. William Shatner. See, it's making a difference already. <laughs> what Rolling Stones ballad is sung by the demon Azazel as he possesses buzz. bodies? Who said that? Chris? Buzz. Okay. Time by the Rolling Stones. Well, I, I know what you mean. Time is on my side is the name of the song. The movie has fallen, but I, I know I know you knew what you know you knew what you were saying. Another underrated movie. Also, this card says Azrael, and I corrected it myself because that was not the name of the demon in the movie. It was Azazel. Yeah. Stupid cards. Or Azazel and Neil Gaiman. Yeah, I noticed that on Sandman, they pronounced it Azazel, and I was like, what? <laughs> okay, then. Great show. I'm, I'm not knocking Sandman. Great show, but... No, no. Trust is a tough thing to come by these days. Is a quote from what movie? Say that again. Trust is a tough thing to come by these days. Mm. That would be John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh. What character is revealed to be the werewolf in the movie Silver Bullet? Buzz. Chris. The, the, the priest. I can't think of his yes. name. But priest, priest is good enough. <laughs> uh, what 2016 film centers around father and son coroners investigating the death of an... Sebastian. The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh -huh. Another great movie. 
Which Carrie star also plays Linda in the original 1978 film Halloween? Buzz. Sebastian. Buzz. BJ Souls. Correct. What is the name of the charter boat used to chase down Jaws? Buzz. Buzz. Sebastian. Orca. Correct. This 1985 horror comedy about vampires was Jim Carrey's first starring role. Buzz. Shannon. Once bitten? Mm hmm. Uh, in the movie Maniac, what body part taken from victims does the murderer nail to mannequins? Buzz. Sebastian? Heads? No. Scalps. Oh. No points for anybody. Shouldn't that be close? <laughs> no. Heads and scalps are a very different thing. If I found a scalp on my kitchen table, I'd be slightly worried. A head is a different situation. <laughs> Uh, Buster Keaton's granddaughter Camille Keaton starred in what controversial 1978 graphic revenge flick that was later remade in 2017? Buzz. Or 2010, sorry. Chris? Uh, I spit on your grave. Mm-hmm. What is the name of Broken Lizard's 2004 slasher film that was released after Super uh, Troopers? Sebastian. Club Dread. Club Dread. Which J.J. Abrams film had the tentative title 11808? Buzz. Chris? Cloverfield. Correct. God, I remember that trailer. I remember seeing it and being like, what the hell is that? <laughs> this 11808. That's crazy. And then there were people like, oh, it's a Voltron movie. I'm like, what? what the fuck are you talking about? What about that made you think this is Voltron, you idiot? God. Anyway. <laughs> what 2008 vampire movie was filmed and set in Sweden? Buzz. Sebastian. That the right one in. Uh -huh. Reverend Cotton Marcus participates in a documentary trying to expose individuals who fake. Buzz. Buzz. Chris. Oh. The last exorcism. Yes. Oh, that was all my questions. Shit. <laughs> that went fast. That went way faster than I thought. Should I just go back and ask all the ones I haven't asked that I thought were too easy? Because that went really quickly. That was we're not we're at like twenty three minutes. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's keep going. Yes. Um. <laughs> In what movie did mispronouncing Klaatu Barada Nikto result in a dead-eyed attack? Chris. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Uh, what was the profession of the main heroine... Why can I not say that word? What was the profession of the main heroine in the 1981 werewolf film The Howling? Buzz. Sebastian. News reporter. Correct. What 2016 film is about a deaf writer who gets stalked by a max masked killer? Buzz. I believe it was Sebastian. Hush. Correct. What snack is Tallahassee searching for in Zombieland? Buzz. Sebastian. Twinkies. Twinkies. Okay, I'm not asking that. That's a ridiculous question. See, this is the one I'm not sure about. What franchise has the most sequels, Saw or Children of the Corn? Buzz. Shannon. Saw. See, the card says Children of the Corn, but this would be before Byro came out. Well, this this like, uh, game came out in like 2019, 2020 or something, so that, I think that's counted, but it wouldn't count Spiral. So I think they're actually tied. Oh. Must be. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, that question's dumb. I don't know. I kind of lost count of Children of the Corn anyway. <laughs> I can keep track of Saw, but None I None of them are worth watching, so... In the 1985 film Cat's Eye, what creature attempts to steal the life out of a young Drew Barrymore? Chris. It's a troll. A troll. In the 1977 film The Hills Have Eyes, the father and three sons are all named after what celestial bodies? Us. Uh, Shannon. Planet. Correct. 
Some of these are so easy. In Friday the 13th Part 2, what does Jason Voorhees wear as his mask? Buzz. Sebastian. Burlap sack. Burlap sack. What room number, also the title of the movie, is a paranormal hotspot in this 2000... Buzz. Shannon? 1408. 1408. Correct. What 1971 film features a group of killer rats that are led by a man seeking revenge on those who have wronged him? Buzz. Chris. Willard. Willard. Yeah, too easy, too easy. Too easy. What hangs above Tina's bed in A Nightmare on Elm Street? Buzz. Sebastian. Crucifix. Uh-huh. What 1978 film features footage of supposedly real deaths and boasted about it being banned in 40 countries? Chris. Buzz. Chris? Cannibal Holocaust. Nope. Oh. Sebastian? You said 1978, yes? Yes. Boasted about it being banned in 40 countries was the rest of the question. Hmm. You don't got it. Damn, too long. It was Faces of Death. I don't, I... Too long. Oh, too Faces long. of Death. Oh. Which I would, I would argue is A, not a film, and B... Uh, not real. So, <laughs> um, an investigator ends up on a Scottish island where the inhabitants have an unhealthy obsession with sexuality in this 1973 film. Buzz. Sebastian. Uh, shivers. No. You said sex obsessed. I thought. Yes, I did. But that is incorrect. 1973 film, Scottish Island. Oh wait. Too late. Wait, out, buddy. Damn it. You get one shot. Nobody? It's the Wicker Man. Damn it. Alright, we'll see. I need first and last name. What is the name of the main character who studies witchcraft in the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Buzz. Chris. Willow Rosenberg. Rosenberg, correct. <laughs> I, I mean, I would also accept Giles, <laughs> but that's not the answer on the card. I guess he's not a main character. Yes, Rupert Giles. <laughs> Kevin Bacon stars in what 1990 film about a group of people fighting for Buzz. survival? Sebastian? Tremors. Tremors. That one I do know. I know the Wicker Man, I swear. Just <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> yeah, too easy. Too easy. Way too easy. What 2012 film stars Ethan Hawke as a true crime writer and featured a demon Buzz. named Bagul Sebastian? Sinister. Sinister. I think that might be it. Yeah, I think that's probably it. <laughs> Uh, I got two more, but they're super easy. Who's the actress who portrayed the young vampire Claudia in the 1994 movie Interview with the Vampire, Chris? Kirsten Dunst. Mm -hmm. And what is the name of the ancient horned demonic spirit who punishes those who have lost the Christmas spirit? Buzz. Chris. Oh, no. Sorry, Sebastian. Krampus. Krampus. And then if there had been a tie, which there is not, uh, just for curiosity's sake, without looking it up, <clears throat> what number do you get? Because this would have been my tiebreaker question. If you divide the number of theatrically released films directed by M. Night Shyamalan by the number of films directed by Ari Aster. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a math problem. <laughs> I wasn't expecting math. <laughs> oh, shit, I hate math. Uh. Well, Ari Esther has two films. Yeah, um, that's half of it. <laughs> and uh, it's remembering the Shyamalan is the is the hard part. I know I I miss at least one on there. Well, because his first two weren't horror movies, so people don't think of them. 
I'm just curious to see who gets it first. It's not gonna count for anything. Okay, so not just his horror movies, all his movies? Correct. 14? Yes, M9 had 14. So 7. So 7 is the answer, yes. Well, let's see here. Yeah, I'm not gonna uh, announce people's points because I don't want to embarrass anyone, but uh, Sebastian <laughs> won <laughs> by a wide margin. So, yes. there goes that. This year's champion of horror movie trivia. We'll see if we do it again next year and I can come up with some better questions than those. So I will have you back on soon to give you a prize of some sort. Awesome. Awesome. And that will do it for this. Happy spooky season, everyone. Happy Halloween on Silver Shamrock. I had a question I wanted to ask. Okay. While we're, while we're on here, just because I'm curious. I was thinking about it today, and we're, we're on the subject. For each of you guys, what was the... Can you pinpoint the horror movie? that started it for you that made you a horror fan well you and i feel chris i feel like you and i have the same story (laughs) it's halloween four and five yeah i mean i had already liked i mean jaws i had like jaws but i mean some people wouldn't even maybe call that a horror movie if they're dumb jaws is horror it counts correct shannon's is the never-ending story (laughs) Because <laughs> she used to run screaming out of the room whenever the Gamork appeared on screen. <laughs> See, and I have no memory of that. I remember it happened. It was it was so weird because I was listening to the podcast and you told that story, mm-hmm. which is really weird hearing a story about yourself right. on a podcast you're listening to <laughs> that I, I have no memory of. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, you were you were very little. Do I tell my story? Yeah, me and Chris will last because it's kind of the same story, which we probably, oh. I don't remember if we've told on the show or not before, but yeah, uh, go ahead. Well, okay, uh, details are hazy, but I sure. remembered Gauze being among my first horror films that I happened to catch on TNT one time and was very enthralled and actually for a while got me in a shark face when I was, uh, I think it was eight or nine when I entered a shark face because of that movie. And then there was also the fact that I uh, managed to catch some films I weren't allowed to watch on the Sci-Fi Channel. Sure. Like uh, Child's Play, Puppet Master. There you go. Uh, and uh, even some. I even managed to catch New Nightmare on TNT that one time, but I changed the channel because I got too scared. And it was <laughs> sure. that during that um, dream sequence with the coffin, which that just freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, and you don't want your first Freddy movie to be New Nightmare. That's, I mean, it's a good movie, but you're not going to understand what the hell's going on. Well, but, uh, hey, I got my introduction to Freddy Krueger that way. Sure. That and, no, that and a parody of Tiny Toons. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yes, I'm betting, yeah, I'm betting Jaws is a lot of people's ages because it's kind of so classic, but also because it's rated PG, so your family would let yeah. you watch it if you lived in that kind of household. Because like, there was no yeah, R-rated movies in our house. That was, it was not happening. Until I moved out, and then suddenly it was fucking free game for uh, the younger two <laughs> could do whatever the hell they wanted, but... Although, um, I did manage to somehow convince my mother to take me to see uh, the Blair Witch Project, despite being so young. Boy, how'd that go? <laughs> Who was more scared, she you or her? Like she didn't like it. It's an acquired taste. Yeah. So what about you, Shan? So mine actually has to do with the Blair Witch Project. So I 
I mean, I oh, know really? there were there were other horror movies growing up, but that was the first time that like one made an impression, and I wasn't even watching it because in our the house we were living in, my bedroom was right next to the living room, and it was connected by these huge heating vents. And Chris was watching it in the living room, I think, with our parents, mm-hmm. I think. And all I could do was hear it. And I was sitting by the vent trying to hear it. <laughs> and Mistake. I remember, like, knowing, oh, like, these people were out in the woods, like, lost. And it got to the part where there's babies crying outside the tent. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, well, that shouldn't be happening. And it freaked me out so bad that that's like the first time I remember a horror movie genuinely scaring me and I wasn't even watching it. And I mean, to this day, that part is the scariest part to me. And it's still like my favorite horror movie. Hmm. Wow. Didn't know that. Yeah. And I would say I would, we'll get to Halloween four and five because that was definitely a, a turning point, but I, yeah, i as far as what was allowed in our home, I think it was Jaws and Watcher in the Woods. Mm. Those are the yeah. two horror movies I had growing up because they're not rated R, you know? Oh, yeah, Disney tried to enter the horror market a bit. It's a good-ass movie, though. I'll tell you that. It is. It's, it's good. So that good. remake can, that remake's no good. That but, um, it's been on my watch list for years. It's not bad. I do remember walking into the room. This is probably before Chris was even born. My When Salem's Lot was on probably in its original when it originally aired and my parents were watching it i was supposed to be in bed and i came out and came around the corner in the living room at the exact moment that the fucking blue vampire wakes up and sits up in his coffin they did not finish watching that because they had to deal with my ass screaming the rest of the night so that was probably my first introduction to horror as far as ones i enjoyed maybe not that (laughs) so but yeah we weren't we weren't we didn't have we weren't allowed r-rated stuff and then when we moved to Fargo from Kansas City, my parents made a grave error in judgment, <laughs> which was they got adjoining hotel room. So they had a hotel room for them and the two younger kids and then an adjoining hotel room for Chris and myself. So not only did we have sort of that freedom, we also had cable for the first time in our lives. So once everybody was asleep, the TV would come on real quiet, real quiet. And so the first R-rated movie I ever saw Chris as well, at the same time, Halloween 4 and 5 back-to-back. And it changed, yeah, it definitely changed a lot of things in my brain. But it also, what I love about that is that, so 5 gets done, it ends on a cliffhanger. And Chris and I spent the rest of the night and part of the next day coming up with our own headcanon of like, oh, what is, what could 6 be? And what we came up with was so much better and we were children. Honestly, I can't believe it. I, I was, can't believe it. I was what? Probably 13 and he was 10? Yeah. And what we came up with for what Halloween 6 should be was so much better than what Halloween 6 actually was. <laughs> it's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I hate both sets of 6. But, I imagine yours was at least better. Yeah, and, and, but, and especially given the crazy thing is we had not seen Halloween 1 or 2. We had to pick everything up from context clues from watching Halloween 4 and 5. And we still wrote a better Halloween 6 than the people who made Halloween 6. That is definitely what it is for me, especially because, I mean, yeah, I had the same things you had. I had Jaws, I had uh, Watcher in the Woods, but that was the first, yeah, watching Halloween 4 was the first thing where I was like, I love horror movies. I was like, that scared the crap out of me, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and just 
it didn't matter to me that I hadn't seen the other movies. I didn't really know who Michael Myers was. I was ripped throughout that entire movie. And then we saw five was coming up next. We're like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to watch that too. (laughs) Yeah. And it wasn't even, that didn't really, those didn't scare me so much, but that feeling of something illicit, you know, like we cannot get caught watching this and like the thrill of like, this is a whole new thing. I've never heard people talk like this. I've never seen a man pin someone to a wall with a shotgun. Like, you know, there's a lot going on that was new. And I don't know. There's some, I mean, because we had always been, and we've talked a lot, a lot on this show about going to the video store and mom and dad are, you know, finding whatever they're going to watch. And we would run over to the horse, knowing we're never going to be able to watch any of these movies, but looking at all the VHS boxes, VHS boxes and just being fascinated with like, what the hell is that? What the hell is that? What the hell is that? <laughs> you know, put that in my eyes. What is that? A guy with a drill on his guitar? What is that? Summer Party Massacre. You know, and I would, re- I remember kids coming to school whose parents just let them fucking watch whatever, who just went and saw Nightmare on Elm Street 2 or 3 or whatever that weekend and talking about it in the lunchroom. And I'm like, I was so jealous. <laughs> like, just from hearing them talk and because I knew who Freddy was. I'd see, like, the standees and stuff at the video store, but I hadn't seen any of the movies. But I loved Freddy, and I got the Freddy, the old black-and-white Marvel Freddy comic book that came out. Nice. I had those. Nice. Awesome. So I loved Freddy before I even saw any of the Freddy movies, you know? So, yeah. You know, it was a turning point for me that I really became a horror fan. See, what happened was that the floodgates opened for me when I was... 13, like, like um, That's one day age. I was scrolling around IMDb and I noticed something called Freddy vs. Jason, which hadn't come out yet until next year. And me being very curious, I got very intrigued. And then the more I researched it, the more I just wanted to watch these things. And I just, and then at one point, you know, this was around when the film was gaining hype and there were, you know, TV stations airing and I went on the street and I believe during the summer there was a, a TNN, but before it became Spike TV or Paramount, they had a Friday the 13th marathon of three days. And I watched all those movies up until that point. And uh, I did even see Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday on Showtime. And then <laughs> I pronounced Street 5 on that same channel. Just eventually, I saw all the films up until at least, well, Freddy vs. Jason didn't hit uh, DVD at that time but like I took advantage of a blockbuster deal for the Nightmare on Elm Street films like films get one free and well the free one was Goosebumps but the rest were all <laughs> on the streets and just and between those and a couple of Halloween films you know the floodgates just blew the fuck open and I just became a horror fan right there and then and well, of course Freddy Krueger became my favorite villain so I was going to say, are you more of a Jason guy then or a Freddy guy? But you're a Freddy guy. I'm a Freddy guy. Well technically, well, technically, I love Freddy, Jason, and Michael the best. You know, But Freddy's like the, the top, admittedly. Yeah, and I get why... I understand why people look at it and go, oh, that's the goofy one that becomes Bugs yeah. Bunny. But, you know, but at least they're all different. Like for me, Friday the 13th, they're all so samey. Which is kind of why I like Jason Goes to Hell maybe the best. And I know people hate it, but at least it's something different. What about Jason X? I don't like Jason X. <laughs> I mean, it has it has, it has has a great kill in it. Like, maybe the best, my favorite kill ever. But, no, that one's too goofy. But, just, 
yeah, the Friday third, especially like Friday like three through seven, they're all it's just you know random nameless. It's it's just oh, how's he gonna kill him this time? But it has no story. It has no character. You know, they all feel very like I have a hard time separating which one is which. Halloween is great, but there's good ones and there's bad ones, and they fucked the timeline up two, three different times now, and I can't with that. Same with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know, at least the Freddies, like, they're different. They're different visually from each other. They're different. Like, they actually kind of have a plot. They take the time. Even if it's a stupid explanation, they always take the time to explain, okay, you killed Freddy in the last one, now he's back. How did that happen? Which Jason never fucking bothers with. You know, Michael Myers <laughs> can't decide if he's supernatural strike? or not. You know? What about the lightning strike in part six? Okay, one. There's one. <laughs> <laughs> one out of ten. Great. But and then there's Tina, but you resurrected him by accident. Okay, but I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So yeah, I've always been more of a Freddy guy. Yeah. yeah, Freddy's always been my guy too. And that's because of you, Heath. Because like, when I was staying with you, you like sat me down and watched <laughs> all the Freddy movies. So I'm either and, like, a really good Big Brother or a really terrible Big Brother. <laughs> One of the two. I was, I was, wait, what are they? PG-13 or R? Oh I'm no, there are. At the time. They are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're also, yeah. but because they're kind of lighter hearted and more good, like they can, they can kind of be scary, but they're not, Yeah. you know, I don't think they're going to affect your brain the way that even something like Halloween would, where it's like, oh, that could happen. Like a guy could just right. come in here and stab me. Whereas Freddy, you know, I don't know. I feel like there's a difference there. Right. Well, and I've had people <clears throat> fight me on this before, but I, Dream Warriors is my favorite. Hands down, my favorite. I get that. I no, three's a solid pick. My favorite is four. And you think you get shit about three. Believe me, I get shit about four. But the reason I say that is because I feel like three is where they figured out, okay, this is what the formula is going to be going forward. And four is the one where they mastered that formula. You know what I'm I mean? I'm not a fan of four. So that, for me, yeah, four is my favorite. And I love Alice. Alice is like my favorite final, yeah. final girl like ever. I tend to like part five more than four, to be honest. So I, I like five, too. I think five gets shit on a lot. Yeah. But. I'm willing to go to bat for five. I but, uh, yeah, I like five. My favorite, one, my favorite one is the original, of course. It's, it's not just one of my favorite horror films, but it's my all-time favorite film, period. There you go. I love how no one is speaking up for two. Uh, I don't think anyone's gonna. <laughs> well, two's kind, of, two's kind of undergone that kind of the reevaluation that that I think it probably deserves. There's a lot of stuff that gets reevaluated that d doesn't fucking deserve reevaluation. It's fine being left where it's at. But two, like two, two, okay. two I get the reevaluation for that. The that Screen Queen documentary about the I can't remember his name. The guy who was in it is really interesting and really Mark cool. Patton. Yeah, Mark Patton, and really makes you kind of reanalyze two. As yeah, it's very much a sep. It's a very different animal from the rest of the. Freddy movies, but yeah. taken on its own, it's really cool and interesting, as cheesy as it is, and it's doing a lot of stuff that it. I have a, I have a hard for Freddy's be, Dead, but honest, but Freddy's Dead. But the only Elm Street film I truly, truly do not like is the remake. Well, yeah. Well, I yeah. yeah. That remake, I want. It had so much potential, but you know what they did. They hired a guy who didn't want to do it. He turned the gig five. He turned down the gig five times. 
That's why you just go hire someone else. <laughs> I don't know why they want him so bad. They but... wanted this dude for some reason. All because he just... Like, his only claim to fame was that Kurt Cobain music videos smells like teen spirit. But even then... Yeah, I don't know. I was actually just talking about that movie yesterday with somebody. Because we were talking about, you know... Seeing as I yeah, love Nightmare on Elm Street, I would love to have more Nightmare on Elm Street movies the way that we keep getting more Halloweens and more Pinheads and more Jasons and, you know... and. Freddy's been dormant for a while. I want him back with a proper good movie. That's the thing, though. I'm kind of okay with it just being... Because what happens if they bring it back and they fuck it up again? Because that remake... Remakes are always tough because remakes are like a cover song. It's a real tightrope you have to walk between... Because if you're too similar to the original, why bother? Why don't I just watch the original? And if you're too different, it's this unrecognizable thing. And the, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake is both somehow because it's on one hand it's almost exactly the same as the original in which case why don't i just watch the original because it's a better version of this and then the one thing they do change makes it so much worse because the thing about freddy is yeah he's killing teenagers and that's bad but in the old movies they always kind of danced around they never even really hinted they just like in the back of your mind you can go was he a child molester too but they never say it they never really even hint at it so well, you can you can you can get behind a guy who's just killing teenagers and that's it, you know. Well, but that remake explicitly like tells you he was a pedophile, and then I can't root for this fucking guy anymore. You know what I mean? That ruins him well, as a character that I can root for. Yeah, it's just a bad, especially going forward in a franchise where I'm supposed to be like, "Ha, Freddy killed that guy," you know? Yeah. I and I can't yeah. I can't get behind that if I'm like, "Oh, he also wants to fuck that kid." Like, no, I can't. You know. Mm-mm. Like, like, here's the I thing. can't do it. I do want a new Nightmare on Elm Street, but get Platinum Dunes away from me. I do not want Michael Bay near this ever again. You know what? None. I would I would take a show. You're doing this Chucky show, and this Chucky show is really good. Shockingly good. Just do a, do a Freddy show. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like that way you can you. take your time. I don't know. I mean, I have a few directors in mind that would like to see Resurrect Nightmare on Elm Street. But then it's, like, um, do you get Robert Englund back? Do you recast? If you recast, is it... Because the thing is, there was nothing wrong with Jackie... Well, the makeup was terrible. But there's nothing wrong with Jackie Lee or Jackie Earl Haley. He's fine. He would have been fine. He was just stuck in a shit movie, you know? Well, but here's how I see it. Glenn is retired from the role, but keep him in a producing, uh, producing role. Like, have him be a producer, you know? Well, I read a thing where Jason Blum is convinced he can get Robert Englund to come back and do it. We'll see if that happens or not. He's old age. Well, you know, we're, we're all old. <laughs> we're all getting old. I'm old. We're all old. I mean, yeah, besides that, If Harrison Ford can play Indiana Jones when he's 89 fucking years old or whatever the hell he is in this next one that's coming out, no. Robert Angel's going to be Freddy. It's, he's under the makeup. Who cares? Like, you're not even going to see how old he is anyway. Can't hide how old Harrison Ford is. I suppose. All right. Any other final anything? <laughs> We've been badly on long enough. Well, um, yeah, sorry, things got too competitive. My apologies. <laughs> no, it's supposed to be competitive. It's all good. All right, well, that'll do it for the Halloween horror movie trivia game. Uh, we'll get back to you with your prize, Sebastian, soon. And uh, on behalf of myself and my lovely guests, have a great Halloween. And what's uh, next episode is still Billy Club, which I have a very cool guest for. So come back for that. 
next week. Awesome. And yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. Bye. Happy Halloween. Bye.